From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. One of Australia's biggest arts festivals is facing an intense backlash after announcing a work that called for the blood of First Nations people. The work by Spanish artist Santiago Sierra was revealed as the headline piece at Tasmania's Dark Mofo Festival. It purported to be a comment on the bloody history of colonialism, but to many Indigenous artists, it was insulting and reductive. Today, art critic for the Saturday paper, Tristan Harwood, on the problems with shock jock art and what this controversy tells us about the way Australia's cultural institutions are operating. Tristan, this week, Dark Mofo, which is the arts festival based in Tasmania, announced its first major project for 2021, and it created a huge backlash. First, though, can you tell me a bit about the festival itself and the lead up to the announcement for this specific work? Yeah, so Dark Mofo is a um, festival which is attached to the Museum of Old and New Art, which has been described as a subversive adult Disneyland. It's centred around themes of sex and death. And, you know, the festival's known now for, like, often using, like, quite a shocking headline performance. Thousands of people have today shunned protesters and petitions to witness an Australian exclusive as part of Dark Mofo. So in 2017, they hosted the Austrian um, provocateur Hermann Nitsch and the Our key produced for them was a performance in which he invited volunteers to smear themselves in the bloody entrails of a slaughtered bull, and this is sort of done for an audience. The deceased bull, the centrepiece of the Viennese actionism, involving an orgy of live orchestra, pungent smells, eating and drinking, and the removal of the beast's internal organs. You know, it's about creating a bloody scene, a, a spectacle, and... Obviously, it's going to attract disgust and that's sort of all part of it. You know, the idea is that it kind of challenges your expectations of art. And I think when that is a premise for your festival, you're already heading into dicey territory because you constantly are going to need to up the ante. And so it becomes a question of how far can we go before it's too shocking for our audience. And so they're always they're always trying to push the line of, like, what an audience is willing to accept. And, you know, up until 2021, that has kind of worked for them. So what happened this year? So for about a week, um, Dark Mofo has been running the promotional material, which is a red square with black text that reads, we want your blood. And, it lo- you know, it looks like a kind of still from the intro to a horror film or or something like an Alice Cooper album cover. You know, it was the typical kind of thing that you would expect of Dark Mofo, but it was about four days ago the real intentions of this promotional material were revealed to the public. The promotional material was for an artwork by Santiago Sierra, The artwork is called Union Flag, and for the artwork, Santiago Sierra is calling on First Nations peoples whose territories were colonised by the British Empire to donate their blood, which then would be used to drench the British flag. Okay. Um, Before we unpack 
the problems with that particular work. Can you tell me a bit about the artist behind it, Santiago Sierra? So Santiago Sierra is an internationally recognised white Spanish artist and he's well known for his provocative artworks which typically replicate forms of exploitation. So, for instance, in his work, 160-centimetre line tattooed on four people consisted of the artist paying for sex workers who were living with heroin dependencies the price of a single shot of heroin to allow him to tattoo a straight line across their bodies. And the result of that is a additioned photograph and a, a video that Sierra presents as the artwork. Other works that Santiago Sierra's produced are um, 240 cubic metres in which he travelled to a German town just outside of Cologne and created a gas chamber in a former synagogue and to this he, um, he got six cars and essentially plugged their exhausts into the synagogue, creating a poisonous atmosphere. And, you know, people that defend his work will say that he's kind of showing the banality of the Holocaust to an audience, whereas the Jewish community in Germany were shocked and upset by the work. So there's this perpetuation of a kind of white supremacist idea in Sierra's work that he's the knowledge holder and he's the person that speaks for the vulnerable person who he's representing in his work. And is that his rationale for this particular work, Union Flag? What has he said about what the intent of it is? So this is what I find interesting about Union Flag is that some of his rationale for the former works seems to be lost in Union Flag. You know, there's a kind of confused claim that's happening in his letter calling for donations of blood where he's saying that he's showing how bloody the history of colonialism is and, you know, he's educating a broader audience who may not know about this. But at the same time, his letter says things like all blood is red and all blood has the same consistency. This kind of post-racial cliches, but his work in calling for a racialized subject, the First Nations person, relies on that very racial hierarchy that he's also trying to counter. So there's, there's something a little bit confusing happening in the work. And so how did people respond to his work? Understandably, outrage, upset, Consider the difference between claiming freedom of expression for work, which is provocative or controversial, versus work or commentary that's really actually just racist or culturally offensive. Vexation, despair. They've already taken our blood. The damage has already been done within the Tasmanian community and the arts sector and this trauma and distress that we've had to wear as a community the last couple of days trying to explain why this is so wrong. And I think a really adequate response from First Nations peoples who are creatives, artists and curators and, you know, other allies that, that are have been exposed to Dark Mofo, some of the comments were from performers who had formerly performed at the festival, including... Um, the rapper Briggs, who said that we have already given enough blood. Kimberly Moulton, who's a Yorta Yorta woman and the senior curator of Museums Victoria, said that it's an insulting and abhorrent curatorial decision. There has been enough First Peoples blood spilt across the world because of the English. This is not decolonising. 
It's not provocative or groundbreaking conceptual practice. It's shock jock art. Another person, um, Jam Graham Blair, who's a Trelawaway artist, wrote that Indigenous bodies are not tools to be used by colonisers. We are not props for your white guilt art. And that, I think, is a really important insight into Sierra's practice because he requires his marginalised, and I'm using air quotes for that, participants to not be collaborators, to not have a voice, to not be interlocutors in the work because the material of his work, what he's showing, what he's using to provoke is their suffering, is their marginality. So for them to speak, it reduces their marginality and also decenters him as a kind of creative entrepreneur behind this artwork. So to see this like kind of really intelligent and thoughtful and cutting critique shows not that the work was provocative in how it wanted to be, but that there is already an existing critical mass of Indigenous practice in this country. And that, for me, that's where radical art practice exists. And if you want to do something radical and unconventional as a festival, why aren't you going to these people in the first place? Is that And that's a big question for me for Lee Carmichael, who's the creative director of Dark Mofo. We'll be back in a moment. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points. Sign up today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Tristan, how has Dark Mofo responded to the criticism that they received about Santiago Sierra's work, Union Flag? The initial response from Dark Mofo or from specifically from the festival's creative director, Lee Carmichael, was to stand by the artwork. The artist is anti-colonialism. He's very firm about that. I feel very comfortable standing next to him on that. I believe he has a right as all people do, to voice their opinions and views. Freedom of expression is real and it's a fundamental right of artists and all of us. And he's quoted as saying that he'd been working on this work for two years, which is quite alarming to me, really. Um, It wasn't okay to take our blood two years ago, a year ago, and it's like still not now. So where was the consultation around that? But yeah, so Carmichael said that it's like complex and confronting work. He thinks that this is why it should be shown. As an outsider, he brings a different perspective, potentially an objective perspective to the table. And I'm interested to see how it plays out. But I'm very passionate about those issues. If this gives some Tasmanian Aboriginal community members a voice they wouldn't have otherwise had, then it will have been worthwhile. And after staunchly standing by the work in the morning of Tuesday, 
he later in the day completely backflipped and put out an apology saying that he was sorry for the hurt that the work had caused and that the work would be cancelled. And that was kind of the the extent of the apology. There wasn't really any any promise for any structural reform within Dark Mofo. What does all of this say to you about the structures of Dark Mofo and the attitude and approach that it's taking here? Nella Mansell, who's a campaigner at the Tasmanian Aboriginal Centre, gave an interview on ABC Radio saying that she was unaware of any consultation with Aboriginal peoples before the idea was put out there for the work. We've spilt enough blood over the past 220 years uh, and we'd like to see amends made for the blood uh, shed by Aboriginal people over the past 200 years rather than asking for more. But what it says to me about the processes within Dark Mofo is that there's a lack of understanding about Indigenous artistic practice. There's a lack of understanding about things that are happening in Australia. There's a lack of understanding about the implications of colonialism that that are continuing in Australia and that as an organisation there needs to be structural reform where Indigenous peoples are in positions with decision-making power. So to me it seems like there's a lack of capacity within the organisation to even begin to engage with Indigenous peoples in the local community and in the broader artistic community. Mm. And is this bigger than just Mona and Dark Mofo? Are these kinds of issues common in, mm. in the art world in Australia? On a structural level, yes. So I would say have a look at the major institutions in Australia. How many Indigenous gallery directors do you see? How many senior curators do you see, even in the positions that are um, responsible for Indigenous collections? Like it's not often that you're seeing something as offensive as Union Flag in the public sphere, but when you're entering into gallery spaces and museums, there's collections that they're responsible for that have a long history related to this kind of colonial violence, um, theft of remains, theft of ancestral objects, and the kind of classificatory systems that are used to define Indigenous art practice, which render one object an artefact and another object an artwork without really considering the context and the intentions of the creators of these works. But I think it's really important to acknowledge that this work was scrapped because of a collective action and Indigenous peoples refused to engage in the terms of the artwork. And to me, this is one of the most successful critiques of Sierra's practice because it shows that his so-called marginalised subjects are not powerless, colonised peoples, and it demonstrates that he's never spoken for the subjects that are in his art and he never could. Tristan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. You can read Tristan Harwood's story on Dark Mofo and Union Flag in this weekend's edition of the Saturday Paper. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, the Saturday Paper is essential reading for everybody. 
For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism, and you'll receive the Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes. Also in the news today, Tasmanian State MP Sue Hickey has used parliamentary privilege to accuse Liberal Senator Erica Betts of slut-shaming former Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins. Miss Hickey said she had a conversation with Senator Abetz on March 1, in which he said anybody so disgustingly drunk who would sleep with anybody could have slept with one of our spies and put the security of the nation at risk. In a statement, Senator Abetz said he categorically denied that he made the comments. And the New South Wales government has announced a significant easing of COVID-19 restrictions, putting social distancing rules at almost pre-pandemic levels. As of March 29, there will be no restrictions on dancing or singing, no caps on numbers at weddings, funerals and private homes, and 100% seated capacity allowed at entertainment venues. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.